Episode 30 of the Shark Bites Podcast, a Throwdown Thursday production. I am your host, Patrick Grayhole, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd, and uh, I am here uh, still in lockdown, still in quarantine, deep within the bowels of Magenta Manor here in the Pat Cave. But uh, this week, as in as I did with last week, uh, yeah, that made sense. As I did last week, uh, I am not alone. I actually have another guest. And this week, uh, I have the privilege of one of the newer members of Amalgamania, who is uh, doing some big things over in that group. Uh, I am joined uh, this week by Andy Diceman. You've uh, heard me reference him and talk about some of the stuff that uh, he has done as far as giveaways and some of the cool stuff that he shared with Ashes and I. So, uh, Andy, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I think it's time to uh, roll initiative and, and get this show started. Yes, yes. Um, I kind of know what that means. And because uh, I am a, a neophyte when it comes to uh, RPGs and, and tabletop games, and you uh, you have been kind enough to sort of take me under your wing and, and teach me about some of these things. Uh, I am a slow learner, what with everything else going on in the world, but uh, uh, I appreciate your patience and uh, your willingness to not only teach me, but teach others. Yeah, that's kind of what... Uh kind of what we do with Dungeons and Dragons, it's an oral based, um, role-playing game. So it, it makes sense that, you know, it'd be oral tradition to pass down uh, the knowledge, so to speak. That makes a lot of sense. And I see you're wearing your, uh, your sweet, sweet liquid death shirt. I like that. Yes, I am. You know, it's, it's dry this time. I, I only murdered my thirst and not myself this go round. Nice. Uh, tonight we actually have the, uh, sparkling. Ooh, carbonated feels like you're getting away with something (laughs) um so you've been involved with you know different tabletop games and rpgs for many many years you have a vast collection yourself uh that you you show off a lot when you go live and you do your giveaways and your updates so tell the folks at home a little bit about what it is that you've been doing in your partnership with uh amalgamania well, it all started, I had a very small Facebook group, myself and maybe three or four friends, uh, one of which was an artist that is kind enough to draw one of my Dungeons & Dragons characters out for me. Um, and I reached out to Cooper and asked him, I said, hey, I said, uh, you know, would it be okay if I shared my page on your page? Uh, I said, I'm not selling anything. I'm not, you know, trying to like, you know, b- b- pull pull a fast one or anything is after i won the batman day giveaway that's what started it and uh he said just sit tight he goes we're about to launch something big so as soon as i saw that they were looking for a dungeon master i whipped out my best doc holiday meme and you know it was kind of like i'm your huckleberry ian goes you know you got it dungeon master and uh from there uh yeah we met for lunch uh, kind of whatever, you know, what I was going to do, what they wanted me to do. And the idea at first was, and, and this is kind of what I thought uh, all I was brought on board to do was to run Dungeons and Dragons for the members of Amalgamania. But it's become, excuse me, it's become so much more. 
Um, I'm able to do giveaways. I'm able to do, uh, we're doing the staff picks every week where we pick a topic and we throw Wednesdays is books and comics uh, selected by five members of the Amalgamania crew. And Thursdays is games and movies. Um, just, just recommendations to kind of show you what we're interested in. We make a little game out of it where there's five points available and whoever scores the, whoever guesses the staff with their pick the closest gets to be special guest next week, uh, at which point their pick replaces one of us and so on and so forth. Um, I think what else we've got, we're launching the Epic Tales powered by Amalgamania subgroup where, this way we don't swamp the main Amalgamania with Dungeons and Dragons memes and uh, other tabletop-related stuff. Um, everything still goes through Amalgamania, but we're also launching... Uh, Cooper just put up today, he put up uh, Magic Mondays, uh, which is uh, relatively new. We're still trying to hammer out the finer details of that, but it's uh, Magic the Gathering cards. It could be, you know... Uh, any topic related to magic. Then Tuesdays is my forte with Tabletop Tuesdays, in which I'll show off one of the tabletop games out of my collection. Um, Wild Card Wednesdays is any topic or um, something card related again. Then we have Throwback Thursdays, which Sean, I skipped, who's doing Wednesdays? Jennifer Wood's doing Jennifer Wood is doing wildcard Wednesdays. Sean is doing the throwback Thursdays, at which point I think he's reviewing retro games this week. Um, he hasn't got with me over a topic. We've uh, you've been kind enough to grant us your presence on our freeform Fridays, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's anything. And then we grabbed one more. Um, one more member, and I cannot think of his name offhand. We just met him today. Uh, he's friends with our guy, Anthony Ribb. Um, he is going to do What If Weekends, at which point, I guess it's going to be, it's going to be kind of like Flashpoint or Red Sun Superman, where he'll take an alternate road down a timeline. I think he wants to do something with, uh, what if Ned Stark had escaped from King's Landing? Yes. Um, yeah, that was the, that was, uh, the first thing he he mentioned in the in the group but yeah i just i just kind of put my feelers out and and grabbed a little bit of help as the the page grows we're up to 107 members now excellent um it's i'm randy. hoping to get to randy randy uh okay i don't I, I, then of course you know what the worst part is i have it pulled up right here on the computer you gotta remember randy it rhymes Ruger. with andy yeah there we go <laughs> not adam <laughs> that's how I should have had to introduce you. <laughs> Andy, not Adam Deisman. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's basically where we're at right now. Um, hope to have some more content in the future and some more upcoming giveaways, but right now dice dice, I can get a hold of They're an essential tool for the Dungeons and Dragons game and many other D20 systems. Um, they look good and you know they're pretty they're pretty easy to get in the hands of other people and people genuinely seem to appreciate them. I know when I gave Ian his set, I, I remember going to meet Ian for the first time. 
um, I was fanboying so hard. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I've seen this guy on, you know, the giveaways. Like, you know, I've actually won something before. And it's like, now I'm going to go meet him. And I had dice for him. And he was just as excited about these little plastic rocks with numbers on them as I was to meet, you know, the man himself. Um, and, and, you know, basically offered me what would have would equated out to a job. Um, and, you know, I just I just I couldn't be more grateful. Yeah, we've uh, we've had the opportunity. Uh, Ian came up from Maryland to Massachusetts a couple years ago to uh, join us for our uh, Black Panther episode that we did for Throwdown Thursday. All right. Uh, he actually joined us for two He because uh, we used to do two episodes at a time when we had our studio. Um, and we had a, a, a specific person who would produce, our buddy Johnny Wolfenstein would produce for us. And uh, Ian drove up, uh, did an episode on uh, Stalker Pentecost from uh, Pacific Rim. And, of course, that episode's called Pacific Rim Job. And uh, <laughs> then we did our uh, our uh, Black Panther episode, which we called uh, Back in Black. And uh, we introduced a great battle in that episode. Uh, very, they they do a similar thing to us, like with their Who Dares Wins. Uh, they do it with a lot right. lot more frequency. Uh, we do ours every other week. They do several each week. Um, but we did uh, Thomas and Bruce Wayne against T'Challa and T'Chaka, the uh, father-son oh. battle. Yeah, it was, uh, it was one of our more hotly contested battles. But yeah, we also, we got to see him recently. Uh, and he came bearing gifts. He just, he brought like all kinds of stuff for Ashes. Myself. Doesn't he just though? And he is like Santa Claus. Like he just shows up with his bag of goodies and is like, here you go, here yeah, you go. And, and we, we got to see him right before everything kind of uh, hit the fan. Um, we hung out with the, uh, he came up to do a couple episodes with the Retro Redoctopus guys, and uh, we hung out with them later in the day, and we did a uh, Amalga Show and Tell from uh, Massachusetts, and mm. we were doing our unboxing of all the Castlevania figures and, and stuff like that, and that's where uh, he brought up, again, he brought up gifts for everybody and gave uh, Ashes a very nice uh, personalized wine glass, uh, gave me a... Uh, uh, Jaws sh- uh, shark with the uh, air tank in his mouth Funko um, super awesome I love it um, and he's just he's he's a very nice guy and like we love having him come up and we love getting the chance to see him and at some point we'll be able to uh, get back down there and, and visit him and visit all the Amalgamania crew because that would be right. fantastic but I don't see that happening anytime soon sadly yeah, yeah, till everything's disinfected and the borders open up. But yeah, we're just uh we're just a stone's throw away from Ian actually like right across town. So, nice. yeah, if you're ever down here, look us up too. Oh, absolutely. But uh yeah. He brought over goodies and this is, you know, absolutely hysterical. He brought me this pen, pencil. Uh trust no one. I think it's an X-Files pencil. He was like so pumped that he had found this and uh that was the other thing. I remember that's very first time I was on a show or anything like that. I had called in from the bowling alley in between frames to call in and weigh in on the uh, Loch Ness monster Bigfoot episode. Cause I am a big cryptid guy too. Nice. Um, there's a point when we were looking for 
the Amalgophiles when they're getting ready to do that. I, I was really watching Stranger Things at the time, and I was like, what if we call it, you know, like, watering down the truth or something like that? And and I'm like, if you guys don't use it, I am. And I went and, and I went over and I made my own little watering down the truth with, with Murray Baldwin, and it just, you know, it was a joke page, and it didn't go anywhere, but it's like, it made me smile more than it should have. I uh, I remember the the uh, idea that I suggested for that uh, for the original name was Close Encounters of the Nerd Kind. That was yeah, I liked that one too. That <laughs> one was pretty good. I actually yeah, used I, that. I, Files work though. It does. It does. I actually used Close Encounters of the Nerd Kind for the first episode of this show, where I interviewed uh, director Paul Salamoff, uh, who did the film Encounter with uh, Liam Hemsworth, not Liam. Luke, I always do that. I always call him Liam. There's too many Hemsworths, and there's too many Skarsgårds. And there's too many Estevez Sheens. Oh, so many. And Baldwins. There's like 40 of those. Oh, yeah, and one of them is like Alec, and the other one is Alex. And I'm like, you're just just taking the piss at this point. Like, Oh, it's like George Foreman. He names all his kids George, and he's got like 12. Yeah. So, speaking of both quarantine and, you know, RPGs, there are folks who really take their their uh, dedication to these games very seriously. And, you know, they have a dedicated day that they meet up each week. And, of course, with, you know, all these uh, stay-at-home orders and, and lockdowns and quarantines and, you know, however you want to kind of phrase it and however you, you know, the, the severity based on where you live, um, you've really not been able to, you know, get together with your friends and, and have your typical gaming nights, but you have, uh, a lot of experience with this and you have some, uh, kind of workarounds that you've discovered and you've kind of told me a little bit about, but I don't know nearly enough about them to even attempt to speak intelligently on them. So, and that is why you are here tonight because, you know, we are trying to, you know, do a series of shows where we try to normalize quarantine as much as we can and try to do things uh, safely while still kind of, um, you know, maintaining some semblance of our, our, our normal life. You know, even if we can't get out and be with our friends, we can still do things uh, that we would normally do with them. So you have uh, experience with some of these uh, remote um, for lack of a better word, like remote, uh, you know, experiences when it comes to gaming. Can you describe Vir- a virtual bit? hangouts? Virtual. There you go. I was trying to come up with the right term, and you you came up with it for me. Um, yeah, we'll we'll call them virtual hangouts for D and D Zoom sake. meetings. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's 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 be honest here. Nerds are reclusive by nature, and. What what do they always say? The meek shall inherit the earth. We've been prepping for this our entire lives. Like yeah. you know, we, we you know, we, we, most of us are pretty tech savvy. I like to make it look like I'm you know, I, I'm like the guy on one of the um, Star Trek episodes where he's just slapping the keyboard and it looks like he's doing things. Like well, the the way me. you described just, how you uh, have your setup for you for yourself tonight was <laughs> oh yeah, you I'm actually using the computer the shit out of it. <laughs> I'm using the computer to prop up my phone, <laughs> but it works. But um, yeah, it it does. It's it's getting the job done. Um, now, 
at the best of times, trying to get everyone together in a group was basically like herding cats. Um, and we've, we've gone through some technical issues trying to find the right platform that works for us. And it could just be connections. It could be uh, uh, equipment or it could just be the service itself. But until I'm able to switch out, you know, a different computer and, and you get with, together with a different group of people, I can't say that it's this this platform or that platform. But there's, there are a lot of virtual hangout options available. Um, the best one that I found for players that don't have their own physical dice, which we can fix for you. Um, but if you don't have your own virtual dice, Roll20 will provide on-screen three-dimensional dice that roll like they are weighted. Now, we've had a few technical difficulties trying to get more than three people in there at a time. Um, but again, I can't say that that's not the internet connection causing that. Then you have Discord. Um, you can get on there. I'm almost 100% sure that that one is voice only. I'm or there might be video sure, options. Like Twitch might be a, a good one. Yeah, I think it's I think it's linked in with Twitch. I think they are linked in together. I think it's Twitch and Discord are linked together. Um, I know a lot of people are using Zoom, uh, Facebook Messenger. If you have no other options, you can use the video or even the call feature on Facebook Messenger to just call your friend over Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. um, you can add, you know, a couple people in the group there. Um, what are we using tonight? This is called Whereby. This is what we use uh, pretty much throughout the Dorkening network. This is, uh, I have a, a room on here because uh, our, our uh, network head, Leo, pays for a room. Like, you can, you can get up to 12 people uh, in his room, but for my, this particular room that we're in right now, uh, we can do four. So uh, yeah, that's what that's what I saw with my free when I, I went to check it out earlier to see what all I was expecting to get into. Um, so whereby you can get four, which is good for running, I'd say, the starter set of Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition and Lost Minds of Fandelver, because that uh, Cooper ran that for me the other day. It was me playing three NPCs because he wanted some dungeon master training um, and the boy's got a natural talent for it. He really does. Um, he's a good DM. Uh, you know, he he introduced the story well, and you know he's he's very player friendly. I think it's part of being new, but that's the thing too. You have to remember is in these games, one they're games, and two these are your friends you're playing with. You know you're creating a story for them, um, but players need to also remember that the dungeon master is in fact a player as well, and they want to have fun too. So. You know, it's a little give and take. Um, plus, you've got the thinking power of, you know, three to five to eight players versus one dungeon master's thinking capacity. So, you know, yeah, you're going to have to tip the scales in his favor a little bit on certain things. Um, but back to the platforms. No, uh, I said Zoom I haven't used personally. Skype. Um, basically, anything that will let you communicate via uh audio and video if you want it um that's optional i know some people aren't comfortable appearing on camera some people are um and then you can just roll your own dice there now for character creation basically we'll give you a free uh, a free setup here 
you, you can use your free D&D Beyond account to go on and make a basic character for Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. Combo that with Roll20 um, to roll your dice right on screen, and someone who has no Dungeons & Dragons merchandise uh, can get in and sample the game for free. Um, you'll, of course, still need a Dungeon Master who will have some of those resources. Um, oh, of course. I mean, and you, you're going to have to because, you know, somebody's got to have the, uh, as long as one person has it, you know. Yeah, yeah. there's nothing that says you can't, there's nothing that says you can't lend your book out to a friend once, you know, the, the doors open up again and we can go out into the light. Um, but yeah, like I said, for right now, you know, the just all you really need is uh, to play Dungeons and Dragons. All you absolutely need um, is an imagination and a willingness to kind of put yourself out there a little bit. Um, you know, you don't need the books, you don't need the monsters, you don't even really need the dice. You could just virtual or you know, uh, orally tell a story. Um, even through a digital format, you know, well, I, I want to do this. And then, and, and, you know, if someone starts telling a story, uh, the dice are just there to add a sense of success or failure to any given action you want to take, um, which we're actually working on the new player packs, which will explain all of that on the character sheet. Uh, basically the 20 sided die just gives you a 5% chance, um, of variable outcomes, uh, at which point the the difficulty rating of a of a particular task is written down in the dungeon master's guide, and a bunch of nerds that are way smarter than I am figured out all this system of what it will take for you to climb a rope in a rainstorm while the wind is blowing in a northeastern direction and the rope's been coated with oil. I mean, yeah, I mean <laughs> that's that's a a an obvious um that was literally on one of the dungeon master tests it was like what is the challenge rating for climbing a wall of this degree angle and it was like what and it wasn't like you don't actually have to take a test to be a dungeon master this was like one of those high advanced level dungeon master quizzes that i think watsy put out years and years ago this was back in 3.5 edition so this was uh, two books and you know 10 15 years ago um but yeah i mean the dungeon and dragons community is a great culture all the rpg communities are great um i, I haven't actually played pathfinder myself and if call of cthulhu is your thing if you're into the lovecraft i do have a couple of roll 20 uh lovecraft books i'm looking at them right now i actually have this one that's got zombies in it it's called all flesh must be eaten Ooh. Just grab that off the shelf real quick. I know the fans can't see it, but get some glare off of it, and you can check it out. But yeah, it's like oh, some yeah. of the classes in here are it's it's a zombie apocalyptic game. Um, it's got you know the same strength, dex, con, intelligence. This one's got perception and will instead of charisma. Maybe that's personality. Yeah, over here. How convenient! I opened up. There was one hacker and goth chick. Are two of the <laughs> two of the classes? 
athlete, biker, cheerleader, detective, goth chick, hacker, police officer, priest, reporter, scientist, soldier, SWAT, video game store clerk. And his category is described as a norm. Wow, with a Doctor Who t-shirt. That's great. I picked this up years and years ago. Um, I'm almost positive I got it during a sale because I don't think I had $30 to spend on a book back then. Mm. Um, but yeah, I like, that's the other thing too that's really hitting hard is the ability to get to my local game store. Um, Neverland Games sponsors a lot of my giveaways. They give us a pretty good discount on the the prizes so we can get more prizes to give to uh the amalgamaniacs um now question there were a couple of um there are a couple of sites that you had recommended to me to create a uh a character and uh why don't you tell the folks at home what those are as well okay yes D D beyond you can get on for free um, that will give you a step-by-step guide of how to build your character. And 5th edition has become very new player friendly. Um, basically, all you need to know is what type of character you want to play. And D&D Beyond will guide you through that. If you're absolutely unsure and you only know the name of the class you want to play, um, you, go to, you go to D&D Beyond click on the optimized character feature and it will have you pick a class and a race and it will fill out everything else for you. It'll put your numbers in the most optimal spot uh, and it'll give you the most optimal background for the class you're trying to play. Um, I don't think it takes any of the fun out of character creation, so to speak, uh, especially if you just need something quick and you want to get into you know, a one-shot or a starter game and you don't want to use the... Um, pre-generated characters that come in the book uh like i said roll 20 it's or yeah roll 20 roll 20 is the the virtual hangout D beyond is the character creation site at which point when you're done you can even print out that character sheet um now granted it's going to be printed and you won't be able to erase and level up your character you'll have to go in and, and make a whole new one but nothing's stopping you from using it right on your phone it'll have the character mm-hmm. um I don't have it on this phone. And I have the character sheet layout and everything. I might be able to pull it up. I have, help. I have, uh, I have a character who is a male half elf ranger. Uh, level yeah. one. I haven't, uh, obviously I haven't done anything with him yet, but, uh, my, I, I logged in under my, uh, under this email from, for this, for this podcast. And my, uh, my name on the on D and D Beyond is Squalus. Yeah, Squalus Salacomorpha, which <laughs> essentially means shark. Shark. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and if someone if someone does want to step up and take the reins of Dungeon Master in your local group, um, the virtual books are about half price on D and D Beyond. And if you pay the five dollars a month, which if you're playing in a party of five, if everyone pitches in one dollar. Uh, there you go. You've unlocked the books for the entire campaign. You just share the link and enable content sharing. Um, I don't know if I sent you the link for that or not. If I didn't, I, I'll get it to you after here. Yeah, you may or may not have. I don't. It might have gotten buried in some of the uh, 
you know, just the inundation of of oh, yeah, information yeah. that happens. But the thing that I like is, you know, the first thing I asked you was, can I be a shark? That was the first thing. And there's an entire yeah. race called Sharkin, but you were explaining that to me there are different, like, versions of, like, character creation and character builds. Like, there's the, uh, you know, the, the stuff that, like, okay, this is what it is. Like, you can be an elf, you could be a, a an orc, you could be a, a person, you know, you could be all these specific races. And then there are those that are expanded upon, and, you know, that's called homebrew. Can you explain to folks what homebrew means compared to, like, what the standard uh, D&D uh, guidebooks would say? Well, I'd say for some of the more athletic members, um, homebrew would kind of be like house rules. Like, let's say you're playing basketball and you've only got one net. Uh, you know, if you go back to half court and then back to the net, that's considered the whole court. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, I, I know some people. The bushes are out pool, and the fence is out. <laughs> yeah. I know when some people play pool, like if you scratch, if you scratch the eight ball, you lose or uh, um, just just certain that they're house rules, they're homebrew rules, house rules. They're custom for your game. There are not official rules. You're not going to find them in any rule book. Um, they're rules that you and your friends agree upon. Like one of my homebrew rules, and I know a lot of DMs do this. Uh, my first DM did this for me. At first level, they let you pick a feat. Um, normally, you don't get your first one to level four. Feats are kind of like perks in Fallout, where you can pick one every so often, and they'll let you further customize and zazz up your character a little bit. Um, I know some DMs, and it's even in the book, it says it's a variant rule whether you want to use feats at all. Some people don't allow feats, and some people even nerf uh, what they have in there as the lucky feat. And it will let you re-roll three D20 rolls every in-game rest day, which, you know, someone that knows nothing about the game goes, yeah, well, that doesn't sound broken to me. Let me tell you. Combined with a halfling who already gets to re-roll any one, uh, if they roll a one, which would normally be, you know, uh, again, a house rule now is the auto fail. Um, one being the lowest you could roll on the D20 and pretty much guarantees failure. And some people even have a critical fail table they roll on after that. Um, so the halfling would automatically re-roll that. Okay, you know, I, wow, I rolled a two. So <laughs> I'd have to, I'd have to, I would have to take the two, but since I'm a halfling with a lucky feet, let me just roll again and look at that. It's a 10, almost a 20, one more number. Um, but, but that's kind of how that would go, go down. But there's other house rules and homebrews like the class, like the shark. There's not an actual shark race in um, the player's handbook that's open to the character. But for the rule of cool, we could work together and homebrew something or even modify an existing class to be like, okay, they're a shark. Uh, what would that be? The where shark's going to be too powerful. Um, so what, what existing class or what existing race could we take and tweak to make a shark? Um, the shark can race that is homebrewed is a little on the powerful side. And I think it's because of that that d10 bite attack that they have which 
to put in perspective, a dagger rolls the D4, which is the smallest die. I hate them. Step on them one time, then come talk to me. Um, <laughs> uh, but D4 damage is just embarrassingly small. Uh, a D10, I'm trying to think off the top of my head because they changed all the weapon damage around. Uh, a battle axe deals D12. That's the biggest die before the D20. Um, you don't roll the D12 very often. It's the barbarian's hit points because he's a big meaty tank. Um, and I said then yeah, it's very fitting. He rolls the D12 for his battle axe. Uh, the bastard swords and the warhammers roll two D6s. So a possibility of 12, a little bit better than a D12 because you're going from one to 12 to two through 12 um, on two separate dice. But, uh, you know, the D10 would just be one step down from a battle axe. So just imagine a, a creature coming at you with a a mouth like a battle axe um, is, is basically what you're looking at here. Um, well, what I'm and, and it's sorry, I was going to say, you know, looking at some of these sharks, like they've really like broken them down from like Megalodon to cookie cutter shark. Like, yeah. They, so I, it's not like the same for everybody. I'm guessing, like I would say, a megalodon is going to be a lot, lot more uh, damaging than a cookie cutter shark. But a cookie cutter shark, because they're very, very small, would be great for say a stealth mission. Whereas a yeah, sixty foot yeah. megalodon, not so much. No, most definitely not. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm all for the rule of cool, but there has to be a certain line drawn where you want to share the spotlight with all the other characters. Um, because again, like I said, you know, we're all here to game together mm-hmm. and, and that's, that, that's really what this is about. You know, it's like once, once everything gets sprayed down, the sun shines, the flowers bloom, the birds are chirping and we'll all go back outside. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean we have to abandon these, these virtual hangouts. I've made an amazing amount of new friends this year because of Amalgamania and I am able to interact with them through these virtual hangouts and play D&D with them uh, where otherwise I wouldn't have been able to. And it it triggers, you know, the little brain memories here of Cable Guy when he's talking about you could play Mortal Kombat with your friend in Vietnam. And it's like the future is now. Like, virtual hangouts are an actual, you know, thing. Uh, like I said, some are better than others. I can highly recommend um, Roll20. It's got it's got a way to import maps. If you want to pay for some of the better features, uh, you can actually build really in-depth maps and uncover them as you go through them. Um, the Whereby app, like I said, it's limited to about four people for the free version, but I think the audio quality is great. The video quality is great. The connection's been great. Um, I know when I first turned mine on, it would have helped if I would have unmuted myself and turned the camera on. Uh. Well, yeah, and this whereby is something that I use for all the interviews that I've done since we've joined the Dorkening Network. Um, So for the past year or so, every interview that I've done either on this show or on uh, Throwdown Thursday has been done uh, through whereby because it's very easy. You don't have to sign up for anything. I just send you a link. You click on it. And you're good. And then yeah. the other thing I was going to mention, you kind of touched on it already, is, you know, once everything does kind of get back to normal and, you know, we're we're able to go out and, and do things, um, 
you know, it's not like I can just take a quick jaunt down to Maryland and like hang out and do a quick game and then go home. So, you know, the virtual hangouts are a great way to, you know, hang out with your friends from all over the country and all over the world, really, you know, as long as you can make the time zones work, you know, and you can continue yeah. this. Yeah. When we were, when we were doing the in-game person, the, the, yeah, in-person games, it was about an hour drive each way on a Sunday to get everybody together. And let me tell you how hot I got when someone didn't show up. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you don't understand how much effort and time the dungeon master puts into prepping these games for you. And to just flake out like that was, you know, like it, it just really left a bad taste in my mouth. And for me, Dungeons and Dragons is more than a game. It's more than a hobby. Um, I, I'm able to differentiate fantasy from real life while my room, you know, this is a separate space. This is not my bedroom. This is kept separate from the rest of the house. The other side of the room is uh, getting turned into office space for Tater. So she'll have her school stuff over there. So there'll be a duality here, um, you know, separate, but equal. Um, but it is a type of therapy for me. It lets me escape the physical world where I have real world problems. It lets me escape the virus. Although I'm currently working on a campaign where there is an in-game virus inspired by, you know, what's happening in quarantine. I know the game is to take people's mind off of, and here we are cramming it right back in your, right back in your face. Yeah, but you, you know, when inspiration, <laughs> when inspiration hits, um, that, that's the way to go. But yeah, I say it's, it's a fantasy escape. I mean, you know, you can play your Skyrims, you can play your fables, you can play your final fantasy sevens. Um, you know, not knocking any of those. I've played all of them and, and love all of them. Uh, haven't got to play the remake though, but, um, it, it is, it's an escape from reality. And you know what? I tell you what, some of the friends I've made because of Dungeons and Dragons have been, some of the best friends I've ever had. Unfortunately, uh, you know, with moving back and forth from PA to Maryland, um, I've had to leave some of those friends behind for now. You know, we can still get together. We still see each other. We can, you know, there's just a phone call away. But the bond with some of them isn't as strong as it was 20 years ago. You know, but then again, we were 12 year old kids sitting on a porch in the dead of summer playing a make-believe game with character sheets written, handwritten everything on a piece of notebook paper. Um, so that just shows you don't need all this big fancy dice. You don't need these fancy printed character sheets, though the ones we're offering are aimed toward new players and they will help you get into the game. Um, and, and, you know, the, the dice collection's great. I, I love my dice. Um, you have so many. You know, they, <laughs> I do, and that's that's the other thing. That's the other thing, and I, I really don't want to admit that I'm thinking about doing this, but if we can get to 200 members on Epic Tales of Epic Epic Tales of RPGs by Amalgamania, my subgroup, if we can get to 200 members by the end of May, I will take all of my dice, all 200-some sets, 1,400-some dice, dump them in a giant treasure chest and just kind of sit on there like this big dragon <laughs> on his horde of dice, and I will actually give away one set out of my personal collection as a custom-made set. They are bone white with blood splatter on them. 
Yeah, um, I saw, I saw those. Those are really, really fucking cool. They're actually separate. They're in a little mimic treasure chest, which I'm sure anyone who's played Dark Souls knows what a mimic is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're a creature in Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I I think they were even one of the Final Fantasy games because I remember being right near a save point and I was like, oh look a box, and I was like, son of a, <laughs> it ate me. It ate me. Yeah, I remember the first time I encountered one of those. I was like, what kind of shit is this? I had Ian over for, uh, he, he told me, he, says, I, he goes, because I gave him the dice. And I said, with the dice come an invitation to play uh, w- w- whenever you get a chance. And sure enough, about a month later, he's like, hey, like, get your guys together. I'm coming down. Uh, Bryant drove down from Carlisle to come see us. My cousin came from across town to come see us. Even Tater got in on it. Um, Ian come over, like I said, he brought goodies. He bought the pizza. He helped a little old lady in her house. The boy came over in a rainstorm or an ice storm. And uh, come over to nerd out with us. And, uh, you know, I got the battle mat out. I got the minis. I did, a, you know, an old school style dungeon crawl. And I knew right what they were going to do. I put them in a room full of treasure chests. There were three treasure chests. And I had three different treasure chest minis. Um, I described them as one had a gold latch, two had silver latches. And wouldn't you know it, they went for the gold latch first. And that just happened to be a mimic. And he goes, okay. He goes, well, then we'll check one of the silver latches. And I said, well, which one do you want? He goes, I'll take the one on the left. And and luckily that was the normal treasure chest. And so I've earned their trust, betrayed their trust once, and greed took hold. And they went for the third treasure chest. And sure enough, that was a mimic too. And he goes, well, wait a second. You said that one was gold and that one was silver. I said, yeah, I just happened to have three minis in different colors. And I had a gold mimic and a silver mimic. So any way you sliced it, I was going to get them at least twice. I didn't think I'd get them all three. Very nice. Well, I mean, see, see, that's where I think if you're a, a dungeon master that you would start to, you know, you could get really sadistic with it, you know, and like, Oh, you could, there's, there's the running jokes. There's the running joke of rocks fall. Everyone dies. Yeah. Like that's, yeah, it's, you know, it's like, it's a blatant abuse of the storyteller powers. And it's like, they always say uh, the dungeon master is a god. It's like, no, the dungeon master is a storyteller. If you watch the old Dungeons and Dragons cartoon, dungeon master introduced himself as your guide to the world of Dungeons and Dragons. You know, he, he um, yes, the dungeon master at the table, virtual or physical, is in fact uh, playing both the good guys and the bad guys. And there's a certain level of trust you have to establish with your players. Uh, but at the same time, you know, dungeons have traps in them. And you can't be like, well, the dungeon master built this dungeon. No, the the role that the dungeon master is playing as the villain built this dungeon. This is also the same friendly shopkeep who uh, haggled with you on the potions, uh, gave you a safe place to take your shorter long rest. Um but uh yeah i think it it all comes down to the imagination and ingenuity of the story theater of the mind yeah theater of the mind like i said i think that's something that i i would 
definitely want to attempt to do is be a dungeon master and just like come up with all these like ridiculous things for people to do, but like make them difficult, but super rewarding where it's like, Oh, you were able to finally do this. Hooray. You outwitted the fungus. Um, yeah. You know, Gary Gygax built the tomb of a tomb of horrors module. And I think it was like the second dungeon and dragons module ever. And it was just the most assholey, just vengeful thing ever and he described it as a thinking man's dungeon and it was like i've i've listened to people play through it and it just sounds like there was no rhyme nor reason to this other than to just you ever play the board game grape escape no you made these little grape people out of play-doh and then sent them through a candyland style colorful board and if someone rolled a six-sided die and it had like a smush symbol on it, you took their grape creature and put into one of these contraptions and it just smushed them or ran them over or cut them in half. It, it, it was great. And then, you know, they went back into the little Play-Doh maker. You made another one and he went back almost like Candyland meets Sorry meets Mousetrap. And Saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's what this dungeon was. It was like there was a floor and there was a pattern on the floor and it was like, okay, as long as you stay on the yellow brick road, we'll be okay. And no, it, it wasn't. And someone had used, I guess they're familiar or, or a skeleton or so they had some companion disposable minion with them. Uh, hirelings. That's what they were called. They had a hireling with them and uh, sent them down the path and, nothing happens so then the adventuring party goes down the path next thing you know the floor opens up and they're on a uh, poisoned poison spike pit and their logic was well the skeleton went across and it goes well the skeleton weighs you know 15 pounds or however much a human skeleton weighs and you're the combined adventuring party plus gear like gary gygax thought of every possible scenario that these players were going to try and just just um uh, uh, just shot him down and yeah. yeah yeah it was like there's this is in the call it a thinking man's dungeon it's like that is no you need you no, need an maybe, endless supply you, of hirelings you know what though like that that is something that i would do like i'd be like okay you know, let me send the skeleton across first and i would i would you know i would watch you know especially if you know that like where you are like somebody sadistic made this up but like if yeah. you wanted to be really sadistic, like you'd heighten everybody's expectations and like nothing, 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 something terrible, nothing but like make it seem like there was something bad that was yeah. gonna happen. You know, like in a horror movie where like the music builds and builds and builds and like the character looks behind them and there's nothing there and it's like, Oh, okay. And they just go about their business. But like you're waiting for something to happen, but nothing happens. Think of it as yeah. like Lucy uh, and Charlie Brown kicking the football, and she just like lets him do it over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. But that one time she pulls it away, he like throws out his back and gets a concussion, and you know something awful happens to him. And she's yeah, like, "Oh, what was I'm the, sorry." Uh, it was it insanity. Insanity is described as doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Correct. Um, 
Yeah, that that's that's I, I get where you're going with that. Um, there was one, and I had given Ian and the group a hireling. Basically, they had befriended a goblin in the in the cave. Um, he's a reoccurring NPC in my games. His name is Gurgi, uh, totally ripped off from Black Cauldron, um, and he is cursed with kind of like Deadpool, where he just can't die. Um, so they're like, well, hey, Gurgi you know, can't die. Let's just use him to check for traps. So, you know, he walks across, he walks right across the pressure, the pressure plate. It's not enough to set it off. Uh, you know, the party comes through, triggers the pressure, pressure plate and the big Indiana Jones style boulder comes down and just, you know, uh, I think half the party jumped out of the way. Ian got caught in the shoulder by the boulder and Gurgi, you know, just kind of cartoon splatted and rolled down rolled down the hill man if i'm gurgi i'm telling everybody to go fuck themselves yeah he he, he, you know he just he just wanted a friend um but just because you can't die doesn't mean you can't get hurt yeah yeah i i think i think the thing that hurt the most though was his feelings like he just you know being a a goblin born of magic he was automatically shunned by his tribe and uh that's a tale for another time. I don't know. I think getting um, crushed by a boulder might hurt more, especially if you don't yeah. die. You just feel all your bones shatter and all your organs rupture and leak vital fluids everywhere. Ooh. Oh, I could taste my spleen. <laughs> Poor Gurgi. Although he'd never starve because I suppose he could do like auto cannibalism and like whatever he ate. Would yeah, I, I never thought about, I don't give the players no ideas. I don't want them eating the NPCs. That's just, <laughs> I can only imagine how goblin meat tastes. Probably not great, but hey, any port in a storm. Yeah, no kidding. Um, um, now see, that's the type of thing like, I, I, I'm not huge into fantasy, but like, I would look at things, you know, from you know, a, a narrative perspective. And I would try to come up with a bunch of different options. I mean, have you, you know, as as a dungeon master or playing the game as uh, just a regular character, have you come across a situation um, where a player came up with a scenario for which the dungeon master was not prepared? You know, like something like that. If I'm like, okay, every you know, single session. Oh, okay. So it's a common every thing. single session. Uh, we have what uh, what they call sandbox adventures, where you know it's open world, and the DM kind of baits the hook a little bit, and he's like, he wants you to go here, but again, players are like herding cats, and they will go everywhere but where you want them to. Now, players, plug your ears. This is for dungeon masters only. You provide the illusion of choice. It is all smoke and mirrors. They they don't know what the world consists of until you tell them it's there. You provide a hallway where it splits off and goes left and right. No matter which way they pick, it still leads to the dungeon. Whichever way you go is death. Yeah. What's it? uh, Scary... Very scary, not scary at all. It yes. doesn't matter what door you pick, you know, something bad's going to happen. So it kind of reminds um, me, that that analogy kind of reminds me of, uh, this is many, many years ago, um, some of my friends and I and, like, some of their uh, friends and extended family. So there's six of us. There's three guys, three girls. 
So it's my friend Mike, his now wife, uh, her sister, her cousin, and her friend. So there's the six of us. We go to a corn maze, and we're like, well, we should do guys against girls. And they're like, yeah. And like, we're going to win. No, we're going to win. You know, in, to this day, there's still argument over who won. And, you know, if you ask any of the guys, of course we won because we did. Right. But if you ask the girls, they're like, no, we won. So the first fork we came to, we're like, well, we're going to go left. And the girl's like, well, we're going to go right. And so we both went our separate ways, but it was kind of just like a circular path. And we met again right on the other side. <laughs> so it was just like a quick, like there was just like right a pillar in the middle of it. And we just kind of like went around it and like met up and like, oh, well, <laughs> like screw it. I'm going this way now. That's that's a big thing, too. Uh, if you've watched Stranger Things, w- one of the rules of Dungeons and Dragons, one of the unwritten rules is don't split the party. Mm. Um, and as a dungeon master, I can really, really be like, please do not split the party because two things are going to happen. I now have to create two separate scenarios. I have to manage two groups of people instead of just one. Oh, my God, I would. And then there's going to be a certain degree of metagaming involved where you weren't here to see the events of X and they weren't here to see the events of Y. But you as the player, unless you leave the room, would have knowledge of this, which would impact your decisions. Like, uh, let's say that one room has treasure and the other room has enemies. The people that are fighting the enemies start to lose Do does the group then go, well, we're going to abandon the treasure to go help our friends. No, your character would not logically be like, hmm, before we take all this gold, we should go check on our friends and share it with them. And the same thing is going to happen is they're going to be like, well, we're fighting these monsters, and they're over there looting everything. Forget this. Forget this. We're not fighting. We're going to go check out the treasure. You've entered the room. You cannot leave until you're, you know, until these enemies are defeated. It's the only way to un- one of the skeletons has well, the key to get out of this room. That's that's the other thing, too. It's not like Devil May Cry where this magical barrier comes up and contains you into the battle until it's not every combat has to be fight to the death. No, but I mean, that's if you're, where if the, you're doing if you're splitting the party up. See, that's yeah, that's you could very I'd, well do that, too. I'd be like, OK, so you walked into this room. And you triggered a cutscene. That's it. You stepped on the 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 pressure, the the pressure tile, and the door behind you. The only way back out just closed up, and the only way through just closed up. And now all these coffins open, and enemies come out. You have to defeat them in order to get the key. And on the other side, you know, who knows what's there? Maybe it's more Look enemies. At this. <laughs> Look at this. The man goes, I've never played Dungeons and Dragons before. And it's just like this boom right out his backside just pulls these amazing scenarios that could fit in any one of my campaigns. That's why I'm thinking I might, you know, if if you have like a a, a, like, uh, you know, like instead of the character building thing, like, you know, I don't I don't know how to design the dungeon. Like I would just probably draw something and like make a map. But yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, I have a I have a dry erase uh, grid that you can just draw out your dungeon on, or you can describe your dungeon. Um, 
that that's the thing that a lot of new DMs encounter too is too much note taking. There's a fine line between being prepared and being over prepared, and nothing says no one's seeing your notes but you. You can tuck that idea away for later. Oh yeah, I mean if but you don't I myself, see something like if if you if you make a really convoluted, complicated uh, dungeon and people don't get to certain points, you can just use that for the next time. That's what I would do. Yeah, most definitely. But uh, like I said, the best advice I can give people that want to get into Dungeons & Dragons or any role-playing game for that matter is all you need to play as an imagination. Everything else is just tools to enhance the experience. Like I said, you know, uh, you, you, could, you could use a coin. You could flip a coin and it'd be 50-50 chance. Hey, it might work. Hey, it might not. And at that point, you might want to run a more horrifying type game where you're not elves and wizards and warlocks and mages and, and, and fighters and barbarians. You're, um, you're a gang of teenagers at summer camp and the killers on the loose, or you're on a spaceship and the power's gone out and there is an alien somewhere on the ship and it's disguised itself as another one of the crew members, and you're not sure who you can trust anymore. And like I said, everything's based on the flip of a coin, you know, uh, uh, 50-50 chance. Do you believe this person when he's telling you something? Uh, you know, Or you could just take it at face value and just literally role-play the game out. Uh, the role and role-play is, is a duality again. There's the rolling of the dice, and then there's the role that you play. Um, and like I said, you could just, you don't need the books. The books, again, are just a tool for the dungeon master to make his job easier. Uh, you can adapt these combat numbers and all, which is what I was trying to do for some of the Amalgamania members that didn't want to play D&D. Like, I, fantasy is just not my bag, baby. Um, I, I want to play a game where basically what I'd like to do, and I know there's a book for it, but you basically have a pool of heroic points that you would get to use and you would basically like buy x-men type powers you would build a mutant based on these these powers you know like nightcrawler like let's say teleportation is two points and wall crawling is one point um and you know your sword play is another point so let's say you give yourself five points uh right away you go with the juggernauts undestruct you know uh unstoppable ability is is all five points that's his that's his niche like he's big, he, you know, you, you can't stop him. And then you go to someone like Cyclops where his eye beams, um, you know, that might use up four points and his leadership is one point. Or Wolverine who has, you know, the animatium claws and the healing factor. He's probably got a couple of extra points. He's probably what we would call the DM PC where the dungeon master wants to be a player too and builds a character and kind of gives himself a little extra razzle dazzle that normal players wouldn't get. And it's like, are you really going to call him out on it? Cause he's the dungeon master and dungeon masters should not be doing this. If you want to be a player, it's time to teach someone else to host the game and you can get in there and be like, you know, Hey, here's my idea. Um, I can't build it exactly with the tools that are in the book. Would it be okay if I traded this for that? 
And a good DM will look at it and go, you know what? It seems balanced. That's totally fine. Go ahead. A bad DM will be absolutely not. We are playing rules as written, and maybe that's just not the table for you. Um, there's a lot of different play styles. We have, uh, I know we give away a, a set of Munchkin, X-Men Munchkin, as a matter of fact. Uh, Sean won that. Yeah, I was going to say, that was the, a recent uh, giveaway. That was a surprise giveaway that no one else knew about. Not even the Amalgamaniacs. No one. No one knew, but that was my secret giveaway. Uh, that money um, and an Amazon gift card, a little extra money on that. So I I went on there and told him, hey, say, hey, what do you want? He says, nothing. I don't want anything. I didn't do it for a prize. I did it because I care about people. And Sean does. And that was the whole point of the giveaway was to just be a good person for the sake of being a good person. You know, I know a lot of us... Uh, the, the quarantine's been hard on everyone, and especially, uh, you know, uh, my heart goes out to the veterans and the people that are secretly suffering. Um, like I said, D and D for me is is therapy. It gets me out of my own out of my own head into another part of my head. You know, I'm not depressed by any means, but just you know, it's an escape, and it's an escape from reality, and it's what I like to do. I'm not a, I don't watch sports. I'm not a football, baseball, hockey, soccer, none of that kind of guy. And if you were um, right I, now, it's not going to help you. Yeah, I, I'd be in a worse <laughs> boat than they are. Yeah, it. Uh, I am. I I have many many different interests and many different fandoms. I love sports. I love going to live events. I love watching it on TV. Um. My cat's yelling at me for some reason. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, not having it around, I've been forced to do different things. Like, so far this month, the month of April, I have watched 67 films. Yeah, I saw some of those were first-time watches, and I was like, how is he just now getting around to watching this? And I am a huge cinephile. Like, mm-hmm. just in the short conversation we've had here tonight, I probably referenced, what, five, six movies? Like, yes. I, I, I love movies. That's that's my other mm-hmm. great love in life is, is movies. And that's why I was really pushing for staff picks to become a thing. Um, and, I did. You know, I talked to Jordan. I talked to Jordan. I said, Jordan, I said, if no one else wants to do it, I will do it. And Sean, bless his heart, was like, hey, I could do staff picks one week if you want to if you want to be a player, kind of, you know, if the dungeon master be a player thing. And I was like, I really appreciate the offer, but like, this is my newborn baby. Like I want to get this to a spot that I feel comfortable letting someone else do it, which is yeah. why when I opened up the, the, you know, uh, the pirate crew, so to speak for the uh, Epic tales, just to keep it on theme, give it a little flavor, you know, a little razzle dazzle. That way you feel like you're more part of a team. It's not just like, oh, hey, here, guys, uh, we're all in this group together. Here's a nickname. Here's here's what I here's what I want you to do. Um, opening that up to other people, because when Cooper sent me the the thing, he's like. What if we did X, Y, Z on, you know, this day, that day and this day? And I thought. Well, you know, let's let's get together, video chat, talk about it. And I slept on it and I thought, you know what, like I have made so many friends and I have been given so many opportunities from Amalgamania. And now I'm able to run this little subgroup. Maybe it's time that I give back to the other members and give them a chance. And then it takes some of the burden off of me. Um, 
not going to lie. I really wanted Magic Mondays too, but that's just way too much on my plate right now with dungeon mastering, training new dungeon masters, training new players, staff picks, uh, running the Epic Tales page overall, doing my giveaways. And that's the thing too. It's like when I do a live video, I am terrible about letting people know ahead of time that I'm doing them. It's normally I get this wild hair up my backside and I'm like, I want to give some stuff away. I'm going live. I'm just going to go live. I think one, one Saturday morning I was like, first person to get on gets a ticket for the raffle, like, you know, early bird special. Um, so I'm going to try and get better about letting people know when I'm going live. We're actually going live this Friday night to pick the winners for the Star Trek Flux. Uh, it's the out of this world giveaway. It's the Star Trek Flux. It's the three sets of dice. We have uh, a sparkly clear set, a black set with sparkles, and a glow-in-the-dark set. I think that's going to be the that's second prize. That's going to be the hot, hot ticket item on that one. And then we've got the golden rule giveaway where, uh, you know, it's, it's, we're adding, adding players to the, I can show you, I can't show the rest of the world. Um, Oh, I like those. They're heavy. They're, they're actual metal golden gold plated dice. Uh, I call them table busters. He looted Um, them from a unicorn's rump sack. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the the golden rule is, you know, just just be kind. And like I said, we're we're trying to get people into the group. And I don't want people to just add random people that that care nothing about fantasy setting or RPGs or tabletop games or anything like that. I don't want just warm bodies in there. I want people that are going to help grow the group. I created Epic Tales as, and I know this is going to sound really snowflake of me, a safe place for people to share their Dungeons and Dragons stories without, you know, the troll coming in and being like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Or worse. Because yeah. I've held back I've held back a lot of my ideas on some of the bigger Dungeons and Dragons pages because there is always, always, always a troll somewhere in the woodwork that has to come out and just crap on your parade. And that's a shame. And that's what I that's what I said. Originally when I did it, it was just, you know, epic tales of D and D. And it was only for D and D and it was only for epic tales. And that's what I wanted to share originally. And like I said, the amazing people at Amalgamania brought me into their family and you know, it gave me an outlet to share more than just that. And it's grown and it's continuing to grow and I hope it continues to grow. Um and like I said, with you know the help of of you and uh, I guess the Dorkening Network, I'm I'm going to try and be a little more active in that. And uh, you know, you guys are all more than welcome to share your stuff over on the Epic Tales uh, page too. As far as I'm concerned, the podcasts are Epic Tales. Um, think of yourselves modern day bards. You know, you're storytellers. You're entertaining. You're performing. Yeah, no, I get you. I get you. That makes sense. Um, that that's the whole big thing too. And Jordan told me, and you know, she's been her and Tony and Justin and Ian and Tara, all of them. I, I have a, a chat with a little close group of of the Amalgamaniacs, um, where I just kind of go and I ask questions that don't need to be asked publicly. It's not that 
it's it's not that it's not anyone's business. It's just these questions don't pertain to the group, and they don't need to be aired out like. Uh, and a lot of it's surprise stuff too. Like I don't want to, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag too soon on certain things. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I have some questions. of those. I have some of those groups too with those very same people. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, they've been really supportive, you know, both uh, out in the open and behind the scenes. And Jordan told me she goes, "I know that you're more comfortable as." Ace Diceman or Andy Diceman, just the Dice Man, and that 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 started off as kind of a shtick because I was giving away dice. I am the Dice Man, um, but she told me she goes, I think you would be just as successful being yourself, and mm-hmm. that really that really means a lot. Um, that these these people believe in you. You're like you don't have to put on this persona. You don't have to be something you're not, and it's like that. that not who I'm not. I am this person. It's not it's um it's like Mr. Rogers wasn't a persona, like that's who he was. Yes. Yes. You know, it's like I always end my stuff with, you know, be good to yourself and each other, you know, good luck and happy gaming. Because that's what I want. I you know I it's a shame that it, it took me into my thirties to really start to watch Bob Ross again. I had watched him as a kid and went, okay, I don't get this painting thing. Now, you know, there's Bob Ross merchandise everywhere. I have a painting that I did. I painted along with, you know, uh, he, you know, of course he's no longer with us. I painted off of YouTube, but I painted along with him and it turned out really good for my first try. That's awesome. And you know what? Bob didn't make you feel like anything you did wrong wasn't wrong. You could fix it. It was your world. Do what you want. And that carries so much over to Dungeons and Dragons and any role play it's your world build it how you want uh, and you know it just the message you know of, of so many of these these inspiring role models it's like you know the, the the bottom line message is be good to each other be good to yourself and i know it sounds kind of you know like drug free is the way to be but you know if you don't take care of yourself nobody else is going to i agree like it's when I first got into podcasting. One of the first shows I was ever on, I was on with uh, our buddy El Goro, and I was on with uh, this guy, Steven Scarlatta, who works and does a lot of different movies. Um, he just, he does so much stuff. And I was like, you know what? I am so far out of my element. I am so like, I think this was like my second or third show I'd ever done. I'm like, I'm so far out of my league. And El Goro gave me some advice that I, I still give to people uh, to this day. You know, doesn't matter what it is. He said, there's a million people that do what we do, but nobody else has your your voice. So it's... Yeah. Even though that's... there's... Yeah, like, so there's a thousand people that, you know, do a, a podcast. Or there's, you know, 50,000 people that do you know, Dungeon Master, you know, D&D type stuff, but no one's going to do it the way you do it. And that's what you bring to the table. And I've got to clear the air a little bit here because Tony gets on me so bad about this. There's, I'm going to spill some tea. There is apparently a rivalry between me and Matt Mercer, and I'm a thousand percent positive that Matt Mercer is not aware of this. 
and it's a joke. I do not dislike the guy in all honesty. I think what he does is amazing. I think he is so lucky to have such a wonderful group of performers to play Dungeons and Dragons with. He gets to do his passion as a job. It started off as a joke with the Sheldon Cooper, Will Wheaton rivalry. Um, and, you know, Matt Mercer has a glorious full head of hair and mine is building a tactical retreat toward the back of my head. Um, but, you know, it's like, it's like, yes, I was a little jealous at first, but, you know, it's like I've come to appreciate what he's doing. And it's like I don't actually hate the guy. Um, but what's happening is a lot of new players suffer from what we will call the Matt Mercer effect. And I know people listening are probably rolling their eyes so far in the back of their head they're rolling 20s. Um, but it, it is. I don't know how else to describe it. It's like you have to realize that this is a a – funded performance by voice actors you know these these people have the time to take off and do this show they have the voice acting talent to do these amazing characters um and you know when i found out he was mccree from overwatch i've never actually played the game but i like the idea mccree and somebody goes hey you know he's voiced by matt mercer i'm telling you what i I must have threw such a tantrum and that's what started the whole Matt Mercer joke rivalry thing. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like he gets to be in a video game too. Like what? what? Is this guy like Mahatma Gandhi in a past life? Like what did he do right? And I do so very, very wrong, but you know what? It's like, it's, it, it, you got to learn from, but there's a lot of YouTube channels I like to watch. Um, mm -hmm. My friend AJ is actually a YouTuber. He's a Dungeons and Dragons YouTuber. I love to watch his videos. And unfortunately, when I first started out on one of the Dungeons and Dragons page, I had mistaken him for another YouTuber. And someone asked my opinion on him. And I said, I think he does really good videos. I said, but he talks a little monotone or there was something, something had happened. And he actually called me out right in the comment right below my comment replied to me thanks for the shout out i'm sorry you don't appreciate my voice or something something to that effect and when i went back and watched i was like oh my gosh i was like i am so sorry i did not mean to insult you i was like i did not think that you'd actually like come here and like talk to me and i said i do apologize i mistook you for another youtuber and i said i really do like what you're doing i said not just kissing ass now that you're here but, you know, we actually talked and we talked a little bit more and he actually listened to uh, the Dice Man Cometh on Justin Cooper's podcast. Um, and he's like, I'm learning. And it's like my little head just, you know, whoop, inflated. Awesome. And, you know, he totally shot me down. He's like, don't get cocky, kid. He goes, I'm also learning what not to do. He's like your little rant about the transgendered character could have you could have totally done without that and i'm like you know what it was my it was my 45 minutes to talk about something that i was passionate about and before i sign off here i'm gonna have to get going i'm gonna have to roll out if you will in a little mm -hmm. bit um as i was say we're getting close to your uh to golden time here. yeah yeah I, I can stretch it a little bit but not 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 past the cinderella hour here i got to work in the morning i'm essential <laughs> But the thing is, um, girls game too, and they can crit just as hard as the guys. Um, and th that's what I feel like a lot of female gamers 
feel like they're walking on eggshells around the guys. And a lot of guys are uncomfortable around the female gamers. It's like, you know, can, can, can we still play normally? It's like, yes, you can absolutely play normally. Just treat her like any other person and establish a comfort zone before you play. Every time I play with new players, I tell them, I said, look, if there is anything that you are uncomfortable with role playing, speak up now. And I will make sure that it is it, it does not happen in game. If there is a moment in game that you're getting uncomfortable, just speak up then and we will just fade the scene to black and pick up afterwards. There is no reason that someone needs to sadistically play out the torturing interrogation of your character if you're uncomfortable with that or what I will call forced romance um, in games like you know that, that's a big thing too it's like some of the girls are like i don't want my character hit on the whole time you know you unmute your mic and accidentally talk and all of a sudden you know the knuckle draggers are grunting and and mm-hmm. spitting everywhere because that there's a woman it's like look you can't see her you, you can't you, you you're not gonna go meet her just treat her like you would any other gamer she's yeah, a person too and the same thing the same thing goes for girls too. Like don't walk up in there and act like, you know, I'm queen B and everyone needs to bow down and, and kneel before Zod. Like, you know, you're here to game. You, you knew what you were getting into. I know that there's some campaigns and groups that, that are all female players and don't want any male players at the table. And that's fine. That's your choice. I won't ask for an invite to that, but at the same time, I, I don't like to turn anyone away from my table unless their personality isn't meshing with the vibe of the rest of the group. Like uh, that, that's, I got completely sidetracked earlier. Munchkin, one of the character character. Um, what's what I'm looking for? Not profiles, archetypes, if you will, uh, you have munchkins where they will optimize the character to the extreme to the point where they don't want to lose. They don't want to, they have a Rambo syndrome or Lamo last man on earth. The game is only about them and their character succeeding. They're too used to Skyrim and fable where your character is the only character and you are the, you know, standalone hero. Um, you got, you know, your power gamers that do something very similar. You got your murder hobos that don't want to role play. They just want to kick the door in, kill everything, loot the bodies. Um, murder hobos sounds you, like a crazy band name. It, it probably is a band. I would be surprised if someone didn't snatch that up yet. But um, no, that's where the that's where the term Munchkin comes from for the game Munchkin. You kick in the door, you fight the monster, you level up. Uh, short sweet to the point but um no i said i always ask my players at the end of the night i said look i said you're not going to hurt my feelings if you tell me you didn't like the game i'm going to be more upset if you keep showing up and then start to peter out because you didn't have fun yeah (laughs) um that was random. The train has left the station without me. Uh, yeah, but I asked him, I said, do you want, do you guys want more combat, less combat, more difficult combat, less difficult combat, more role-playing, less role-playing. And that's the thing I noticed with a lot of new characters, especially the first time you start a group. You know, uh, I've done it. Shelby's done it. Justin's done it. 
not Ian, of course, because the man's just naturally charismatic. Um, for about the first five minutes before the game even starts, or even after the game starts, no one wants to introduce their character. No one wants to be the first to talk. And it's like, you guys, you guys do podcasts, you do video reviews, you're face to face. We're friends here. This is four of us playing a game that no one else is going to see. And, you know, we're shy. And I even, after 20 years, get the jitters with a new group because it's like, what if what if they hate it? What if what if they don't want to come back? What if I've you know, you you just got to go for it sometimes. Grab that brass ring. You just got to remember that there is nothing that has universal popularity. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. It's like the line in Wayne's World. It's like the Beatles didn't make a song that everybody likes. That's they left that to the Bee Gees. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. There's nothing that has universal popularity. There's nothing that everyone can completely agree on. There's always going to be somebody that. Just like no, I didn't. I didn't like it. Like I see it all the time in in some of the groups that I'm toothpaste. In. Toothpaste. Yeah, Four out of five dentists recommend. Well, yeah. fuck the. Uh, pardon my French. No, uh, you funny. know the, the the fifth dentist. <laughs> well, it's like you know you you look at a movie and it's like, um, you know it could be it could be any movie it could be like you know The Matrix and some people are like oh yeah I love that movie it was so great and other people are like oh my god it was so terrible or you know classic films like you know. You know, there are, and there are films that I, I I will refer to as, you know, when somebody comes up, it's like, what do you think is the most overrated film of all time? It's like Scarface. Like, I think Scarface is the most overrated <laughs> film of all time. Does that mean I don't like it? No. I thought it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. I thought some of the portrayals were very good. It had some good violence. Like, it, it was a good film. Like, it was it had a great cast, yeah. great characters. But the way it gets gets hyped up and the way it was hyped up before I had, you know, before I got the chance to see it. And then I watched it and I was like, really? Like, I, I don't like Seinfeld. I've tried watching multiple episodes and I'm still waiting for it to get funny. And other people are like, Oh my God, it's the greatest show that ever existed. And it's the best thing ever. And like, how could you not like it? It's like, because I could, I can take or leave it. Like it's got its moments and it's like, I, I like the Kramer moments. Um, but other than that, like, you know, I just, I could do without Jerry's kind of dry personnel. I don't know. It just, yeah, I, I can't get in it either. And I tell you what, I, I, some people are probably going to unfriend me. Some people are probably going to drop out of my group and just be like, you know, this guy's an idiot, but, uh, deaf, not Def Leppard, Led Zeppelin. I always get the two mixed up, and I know it's just people's heads are probably exploding me just saying that. Um, but yeah, it's like Zeppelin. I think Zeppelin is just like totally overrated, and it's like someone told me that uh, Conan O'Brien was like playing Def Leppard just to rack up the bill, or Led Zeppelin just to rack up the bill because like they demand the most per royalty for using their music ever and i thought you know what like i don't even think i could name a, a led zeppelin song other than stairway to heaven like and it's if that's not your thing that's not your thing again you know they, they're not they're not a bad band and i don't hate their music it's just they're not my favorite and it's like you know people rag on me and it's like acdc just plays the same four chords in every damn song and i'm like well yeah I like it. You like what you order. like. Yeah, I like ACDC. Yeah. I like Led Zeppelin. You know, like I was, you know, uh, my wife Ashes just finally watched Lord of the Rings a couple of weeks ago. And she's like, you know what? Now a lot of those uh, Led Zeppelin songs make sense to me. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah, that that was the that was the one of the the Mordor and yeah, all that. Yeah. But just uh no, like you were saying, not everybody likes everything. I worked the desk job for 5 years and my best friend Kyle, who I've known since middle school, um we used to talk about movies all the time and I guess that's why we're such good friends. Um but we worked with a guy and he hated hated Dracula Dead and Loving It. Hated it. Thought it was the stupidest thing he'd ever watched. And I said, wow, Ray, really? Loved The Princess Bride. Loved it. I love both movies. Kyle hates The Princess Bride. Stupidest thing he's ever seen. He cannot stand Vassini. That's fair. Wallace, Wallace Shawn can be... <laughs> he, you have to... He's an acquired taste. Yeah. Well, you know what? My friend Kyle will probably never listen to this, but you know what? Kyle's an acquired taste, according to some people. Well, I think think everyone is. They are. You know, I have two separate groups of friends, and it's like they both think that the other one's an asshole, and it's like I think they're both finally at the point that they'll admit that they're both assholes, and that's why they don't get along. But you know what? I love them both. Matt got me into Dungeons & Dragons 20 years ago, and like I said, Kyle, you know, got me through middle school together you know we got through spanish class together it just you know he's once you scratch the surface he really is a good guy he comes off a little you know different but you know aren't we all you know you just gotta you gotta take you gotta take them how they come you can't pick and choose the parts of people you like well it's like Um, i always say you know that's why there's chocolate and vanilla you know because yeah you know, I, I've gotten it, you know, because I'm a huge Simpsons guy and I've gotten into, you know, arguments with people like, oh, yeah, you know, seasons two through 11. Yeah, those are great. And it's like, I think they're all great. Like, there are some excellent episodes. You know, are there some swings and misses? Yeah. With like 670 episodes. Yeah. You're going to have a few swings and misses. Like, do we have, you know, on Throwdown Thursday, we just did our 200th episode. And by the way, thank you for sending in some feedback. Appreciate it. Uh, we just did our 200th episode. You know, are all of them good? Yeah, there are some that are better than others. There are a couple that aren't great, you know, because there was stuff going on behind the scenes. But, right, you know, not everything is going to be great. Not everything that everybody does is going to be great. Sometimes, you know, like there well, are people you know who hate certain Tarantino movies but love others. Yeah, there, there's a, there's another Bob Ross quote. He says you have to, you have to have darkness so that you can appreciate the light. If you don't lay down a hot chocolate stinker every now and again, you, you're never going to be able to appreciate the smell of the rose. Exactly. You know, it's you got to have you got to have a low point to compare your high point to, or otherwise you've just got a baseline of neutrality the whole way across the board. How do you and grow and learn? Yeah, that's been my biggest thing in my adult life. I'd say probably once I was a teenager, I I went through that rebellious phase and just kind of accepted everyone within reason of who they are. Um, you know, who are you to define quote unquote normal? And I have always stood by the fact that I myself am not normal and I would never, ever, ever want to be considered normal because that would be boring. Normal to me would be like the person that, you know, has the same routine every day, has the cartoon style wardrobe of the same navy blue suit, takes his briefcase, drives to the office, does his nine to five, come home, eats his bland dinner, goes to bed. 
what kind of life is that? There's no excitement in that. You know, you got to jazz that up a little bit. You have to break that baseline normalcy. And you know what? I, I, in my adult life, I like to live by three rules at this point. You got to laugh every day. You got to learn every day. And you got to make sure what you're doing doesn't harm anyone else. Pretty good rules to live by. You know, uh, Ian, uh, when we met for lunch, we, we discussed, you know, just a, a wide variety of topics. That man is a well of knowledge. And he said that, uh, I, for, I don't want to misquote him here, so I'll just paraphrase. If it harms none, do as you will. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I, I like that about him. You know, I, I like that, you know, he's he's. He's got a great personality. He's very charismatic. He's a very caring person, a very giving person. And, you know, I, I think of him like family. I think of all of the Amalgamaniacs as extended family, some a little closer than others, you know, sort of like your favorite cousins. Um, but when I was looking for people to bring on to Epic Tales and I started pointing admins and moderators and all, I was like, who do I trust? who's someone that's got charisma and i was like okay justin you know you of course jordan ian you know shelby um and now i found a few new friends you know that that i've appointed into certain positions because these people were interactive on the page um when i put up the post i was looking for help they were the first to bite and i'm like you know what we'll give you guys a shot and see what you got because they took a chance on me and and look at this here now and i've told this story countless times but a simple hello can change your whole life and it all started try and do some quick math here uh, for the sake of argument let's just call it 25 years ago because i was probably in second grade i was sitting in the cafeteria waiting for school to start because the first day of second grade i didn't know anyone anyone had moved that year same school but different neighborhood i didn't know anyone and this young man his name was Corey sprecker uh he's on facebook i might <laughs> i might tag him if i see this on the, the the page here um he's a firefighter now so huge shout out to him if anyone's essential they certainly are um but he's a firefighter he came over and mistook me for someone else and that little hello led to me meeting my friend, Matt, who led me to meet one of my best friends, Tyler, who showed us Dungeons and Dragons. And now 20 years later, here I am, you know, the dice man, because <laughs> some kid thought I was Adam in a lunchroom. <laughs> hey, you never know. It's yeah, it's the uh, the butterfly effect. You know, one small change can. Uh... You know, create it is. It's it's crazy. And you know, they said now I've got people imagine. people asking me how to become dungeon master, people ask me how to become players, and it's like I love to talk. I will talk text your ear off when I'm not working, you know, to the point that it's getting me in trouble at home. Um <laughs> the trash needs taken out, which is what I'm gonna do before I go to bed tonight. Um but Pat, thank you so much for having me on tonight. It's it was a huge oh, honor and and you know, I, I'm I'm flattered that you asked. Well, I'm you know I'm you know not you know alone in the fact that I want to learn how to do this, and you know just having you on and chatting like I had never thought about doing any like dungeon master stuff, but now like you know I'm kind of intrigued by it. I'm kind of you know I have a 
I have a whiteboard sitting over there that's not being used because I haven't been to the office at my new yeah. job yet. So it's like I have some yep. dry erase markers. I have a whiteboard. Like I'm going to make a dungeon up and I'm going to send keep... you a picture of it. I keep a notepad in my shirt pocket because I get these great ideas and I have to jot them down. And if I don't, I'll forget them. I text mine um, to myself. If I don't have I a do notebook that too. next to me, I have, cause I have notebooks strewn all over this room. Yeah, I do that too. And then it gets lost in the chat and I'll find it like a month later. And I go, shit, that was a really good idea. I wish I'd, uh, wish I'd have wrote that down. Oh yeah, I did. And it got buried under, mm-hmm. underneath everything. But yeah, I tell you what, there is a groove worked into this dungeon master seat, and I would very much so like to get out of it. At least, <laughs> not permanently, not permanently. I, I love being a dungeon every master. It, every now and then, I would love to be a player at someone's table, and I forget what I did. I posted something somewhere, and someone goes, did he just date himself? And I thought, date myself? Like, let's just weird and he meant date myself as in show my age mm. and he said he's probably the best player that anyone will ever have at their table and i'm telling you i don't think i've ever received such a compliment in my entire life that's awesome so uh you you have your uh your business cards that you send out because you are the dice man so yes, I think when I made him, I put down Andrew because I was still going by Andrew at the time. I let my friends call me Andy. So um, as a as a as a professionalism thing, you know, during the interview they called me Andrew. It stuck. Um, now I'm back to going by Andy. So it is Andy Diceman. Um, it is the Diceman2020 at gmail.com. That is my business email. Um, and I think I put my phone number on the cards too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm normally, you know, you can find me through Facebook. Facebook's the best way to get in contact with me. Um, I put my phone number on there just to kind of get the feelers out. Um, and like I said, Amalgamania has let me really boost my confidence, um, especially when I had to go get the sponsorship at Neverland Games. If I'd have walked in off the street as Andrew Doyle and said, hey, uh, can you give me some stuff to give away on a Facebook page? They probably would have laughed me out of the store or had me fill out an application to work there. But when I walked in and said, Hey, look, I, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm on this Facebook group. You know, we have over uh, at the time it was 1500 members. Um, this is what I'm doing could we work out some kind of deal where I show off your stuff on the page? I said, we're not looking for free stuff. I said, but you know, if we buy from exclusively from you or, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, the, the bulk of majority, I'm trying to establish a, a, a supply line here, if yeah, you yeah. will, uh, you know, Scarface style. <laughs> yes. I, I walked in and, you know, I checked with Ian and them first. And I'm like, Hey, like how much affiliation do I have with the group? And he's like, whatever you need, you know, like you're, you're a part of this too. And I'm like, okay, that's all I needed to know. I walked in with confidence. I said, you know, hi, my name's Andy. You know, I, I'm do the giveaway on here. You know, I really like to give away dice and all this other stuff. We went in, we grabbed up, you know, uh, three games, four sets of dice and some other stuff. And with the quarantine, it's been really hard to get those prizes out. 
and I do apologize to people that I promised I would send dice to. I did finally get those out. Uh, Scott Cromer got his copy of Marvel Flux today, and I think him and the kids are probably, well, they've probably packed it in. Um, but he said he was going to take them home, and they were going to play a couple rounds. So Nice. Really hope he enjoys that. Um, Scott's the reason I got on to Amalgamania. He sent me the invite, and I thought, what is this? And honestly, what I did, when I first saw Show and Tell, I thought, I'm not giving these people my address. I don't know who these people are. That just sounds weird. And and I felt absolutely terrible. I think Taryn tried to send me a free comic and I just was like, don't know you. Sorry. Like <laughs> not giving you my address. But now it's like, you'd be surprised how willing people are to give you their address when, you know, they're getting something like, Hey, yeah, send it here. Yeah. I've won quite a few prizes from them and like various giveaways and, you know, I finally took part in the Amalga auction recently, and they're they're a great group, and uh, they're a great bunch of people. They they really are. It was Batman Day giveaway that got my foot the rest of the way in the door, and like I said, you know, I, I I'm a firm believer in credit where credit is due. Um, the more time we spend together, the more you'll realize about me, and and I consider myself a humble person to the point of they say you're your own worst critic. Yes. And I am probably the worst critic ever. I am very, very hard on myself. Uh, there's a couple, oh my gosh, there's probably a couple of live videos I, I started. And before anyone came in, I hurried up and deleted them because there was one where it's like, I sat there for seven minutes waiting for somebody to show up and nobody came. And I was like, I can't just sit here for seven minutes, like picking my nose. Like, that's just weird. Yeah, that's four or um, five minutes tops. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I'm I'm gonna have to have to jump off here in a few minutes. But no, it was great hey, having I, you. I I learned a lot, and you know I was able to, you know, find well, something that's, that I'm more. That's one of in the. Now. That's one of the three. The one of the three Diceman's rules to live by. You know, you see people with that live, laugh, love. I think it would be laugh, learn, and roll initiative. I think it's live, live, love. Lisa needs braces. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you for for joining me. This was uh, a really good time. I uh, I'm glad we got a chance to, you know, kind of chat and and talk some D and D and give some folks at home, you know, some more options, you know, for stuff that they can do. You know, maybe you're tired of watching movies. You're tired of playing the same video games. You don't want to spend money on video games because you're still waiting for your stimulus check. You don't want to just sit around eating snacks all day. You want to try something new. You want to get into a new hobby, but you don't have a ton of money to do it. This is uh, this is something to do. So, you know, like you were right saying, on. like there's all kinds of different options. And, you know, you can, if and you don't have dice, like there are sites that have virtual dice. So, yep. And the biggest thing, though, the last thing I want to say here before I shut my mouth and head to bed um just remember you guys are never alone a, a person is just a click away you know facebook the, any of the amalgamania groups um any of the um retroids shark bite all of us uh geek life hq um epic tales you know anyone there, at some point one of us is probably up and awake and if you're feeling alone, if you're feeling down, if you feel like you're about to fail that last save, please, 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 please reach out to someone. I said, just just because they tell us we can't interact face to face does not mean that we can't use technology. 
So uh, in closing, be good to yourself. Be good to each other. Good luck. Happy gaming. We love you all. All right. And uh, again, thank you. And with that, we're going to take a quick break. And when I come back, I'll give you a preview of what's coming up next week. And uh, as usual, the shark fact. So be right back. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Hey there, this is JB, and if you enjoy Tales from the Crypt, then check out my show, Tales from the Podcast, where myself, and usually a very special guest, sit down to discuss the TV show, the films, the animated series, as well as the original comics. So check me out every other week on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and of course, at TalesFromThePodcast.com. Thanks for listening, kiddies. You're all a scream. <laughs> You're going to need a bigger boat. I am back. I just want to once again thank Andy for uh, coming on and, and spending the time and and, you know, chatting with me. And he's he's absolutely right. Like, if you ever feel like, you know, things are, are really tough and you you just need to talk to somebody, you know, maybe it's late, maybe, you know, just reach out. You know, um, I don't I don't always uh, see my messages, but when I do, I will uh, I will um, absolutely get back to you and see how. How are you doing? I've been trying to be proactive about that and check in with folks and, um, you know, just kind of shoot a message to them. Be like, hey, how you doing? I haven't talked to you in a while. Hope you're doing well. You know, that type of thing. You know, and if you're listening, you might be one of those people that I've already reached out to. But uh, if somebody that I don't um, I don't talk to on a regular basis, you know, I try to look out for them and, and talk to them and see how they're doing. And, uh, you know, if you are doing well, you know, maybe do the same thing, you know, maybe just reach out to somebody and just check and see how they're doing, you know, just, you know, be, be nice, you know, I don't know, that's, uh, that's just kind of my message, you know, try to be positive because this is, uh, this is affecting everybody differently and, you know, we just, we all have to get through this together and the sooner we get through this, the sooner we can all go back to hanging out and, and, you know, being friends in real life as opposed to just, uh, virtually again. So, uh, I do want to point out that, uh, next week, uh, I'm hoping that, uh, I'm going to have a couple of guests on. I want to try to continue doing, uh, you know, doing these guest shows. I have a couple of really cool ideas for, uh, episodes coming up. Uh, one of them is going to be about, uh, characters that we want to cast in either the MCU or DCEU 
you know, characters we want to see brought to the big screen and uh, who we think should play those characters. So look forward to that in the next uh, week or so. Uh, there's also going to be a Mel Brooks series coming from uh, Throwdown Thursday. And uh, what I another thing I'd like to do is I'd like to get a few people together on uh, on uh, whereby to record an episode about various makeup techniques and different looks that you can do in, uh, you know, to kind of have some normalcy in life. And, you know, I have a few folks who I think would be amazing at that. I already have one confirmed. Uh, we just have to set a day and time. And I'm very much excited and looking forward to that. So uh, without uh, further ado, it is time for the Shark Fact of the Week. And this week, the Shark Fact is that a large meal may last a shark up to three months without having to eat again. So, like I've mentioned in previous episodes, there are uh, certain types of uh, prey that are preferable to a a shark, especially a shark like a great white or a mako or a tiger or somebody like that. Something that is high in fat, like a lot of blubber, like a seal, which is why they go after seals so often. Um, or, you know, if they're able to find like a, a whale carcass, they'll tear off big hunks of blubber because it takes so long to digest. And the way it breaks down, it gives them the energy that they need for many, many months. Uh, well, obviously up to three months, but many, I was going to say many, uh, many days can pass before it needs to eat again, you know, which can be advantageous, especially if you're just, you know, you're a big shark and you're just kind of cruising. You know, maybe you're in an area for a while that doesn't have many fish. Maybe there's just, you know, some sort of migration pattern happening that's kind of causing you to miss everything out. But, yeah, they can they can last quite quite a long time in between meals. Like, three months is pretty impressive. You know, they have a very slow digestive system, but a very high metabolism. You know, they're kind of like cheetahs where they're, you know, they if they're expending a lot of energy, they'd better catch something because it, it's tough for them to, uh, you know, sustain that, you know, high-intensity attack rate. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and bring this episode to a close. It's a very long episode. It's uh, longer than I thought it would be, but that's okay. You got some really good information. We got to talk some nerdy stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm very much looking forward to creating my first dungeon. So... Uh, I think with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and bring this episode to a close. And just remember that while I am the podcaster, you are my chum. Have a great week, folks. And uh, wash your hands, stay safe, and uh, be good to each other. Take care.